Welcome to Talking Art Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode is entitled Energy, as Greg has dictated it to be. <laughs> yeah, that's because I had more energy at the time when we decided upon the title of this one. So uh, let's just set the stage here. Greg and I uh, have been friends for a long time, and we just had a really good conversation. And uh, I think we're still friends as a result of that conversation, because it certainly got the energy going, didn't it? It did. It was one of the ones that we, you know, we agreed on some things, we disagreed on other things. And that's what good friends can do, share our viewpoints and, uh, and learn from each other. And uh, just to continue on, the, those of you that uh, perhaps don't know us, we've both been managers for a very long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. And we're always going to start at the um, perspective of the employee and then move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, how we've learned from them. Uh, sometimes it's a mentorship relationship. Sometimes it's just um, things that we've observed. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we're going to have a good discussion today. <laughs> yes, we are going to have a good discussion. Energy, such a such an important aspect especially in these days. Oh, oh, I think so. And so this will probably be the last episode of what we're calling the Sesame Street sessions, where we're discussing words. And of course, we're going to be discussing energy today. And uh, this is uh, really comes from your perspective, although I've adopted it. And now I've started thinking about it. You talk about energy, not all the time, but quite often. So I think this is another one of your favorite words. I'm not sure which word is your most favorite because every time we do one of these episodes, the word of the day is your favorite. So I'm not sure where this one ranks. I imagine it's at the top because that's what we're talking about today. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting <laughs> because um, energy, both in my book and in kind of my life experience is almost at the core. So it's almost the foundation one. We did pause last week and Pause is what you need to learn to do when energy is flowing, uh, but energy is really such the core. And you know what? I had another dialogue this morning with someone else and, and, and out of the blue, she said, you know what? Energy. Oh my goodness. It, there's so much energy out there right now. And it's, it's spiking in all kinds of different things. Joy, fear, pain, uh, angst, anger. All these things uh, just create energy, and it's like there's a there's a storm a happening. And uh, as we're coming out of this COVID situation, as we're 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 starting to uh, decide and maybe see the next the pathway forward, um, it's it's crunchy. It's it's so crunchy. Um, uh, and I was at a family gathering on the weekend, and even that. The thing that struck me, I, I shouldn't be saying this because my family will listen to this, but I was struck by a bit of awkwardness in the connectivity because we haven't been together for a year. And it's almost like we don't know how to connect with the, the whole mix of energy. I mean, there are different responses to COVID and vaccines and all this. It was fascinating uh, just to watch the energy flow in the room uh, it was outside uh socially distanced but it was like 
fascinating. And uh, there was a, a great um, Saturday Night Live skit a few weeks back, and it was hilarious because they had a similar situation. And they they were kind of saying what people were actually thinking, what they were saying, two different things. Anyways, long start to this podcast, but it just shows us the impact of energy on our relationships and on the uh, engagement of the situation. And it's tricky. So if I'm summarizing your little talk there, every family gathering for everybody is an SNL episode. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and we take this to the workplace. You figure at least, you know, there's a, there usually is some kind of core love and acceptance in families, usually, although not always, but the workplace, man, that, that is like multiple pockets of energy from different experiences coming together once and look out as we begin to return. Um, well, well, like we said a few weeks ago, I'm, I mean, there's going to be another 50 episodes of this as people enter into the new normal, whether it's everybody's back or it's hybrid or it's just saying, staying decentralized. I don't know, but uh, I can see like another 50 episodes of us just dealing with what's going on out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, ret the return. The return. Oh, that's got to be an episode. Oh, <laughs> we're, oh, we're going to, we're going to work on that. Definitely. All right, then. Uh, Let's set this up. In your interaction with your boss, you experience some or all of the following. Your boss comes into a meeting or situation like a hurricane all over the situation and nothing really gets done and no one understands what's next. Your boss likes things all ramped up, the emotion of the moment to bask in the glory of it. Your boss comes in flat. You can tell they have no interest in what's going on. They just want to get out. Maybe they're even checking the clock. You go to your boss with an idea or solution to something. Nothing. No interest. Nothing. Flat. You timed your approach wrong. The energy is gone from your boss and nothing is going to happen. And I'm going to add one here. Um, I, I didn't provide it to Greg, but in a small percentage of the situation, sometimes you enter into a relationship with a boss and it's just bad energy. It's a bad situation. And I'm not talking about the times when maybe your boss is going through a rough time, either personally or professionally, but every once in a while, somebody might work for somebody and it's just bad energy. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Boy, well, like it is like, a, uh, you know, I use the word mind storm but it is like a storm, right? And you don't, you know, you, you don't have a clue what is coming next, um, which makes you a little edgy, um, especially when it's up and down. And, you know, you've described some things here that I see in myself. I'm, like I'm a high energy guy and I get excited about stuff. And I had to learn early on in my career that um, what I thought was um, a burst of warm air and excitement uh, was a uh, hurricane. Uh, for half the people in that experience, but this this creates instability um, and frustration um, and uh, just confusion sometimes. And if we don't check our energy going into the door as managers, if we're not aware of kind of what's bubbling up in us, um, often you know we sometimes we think what's happening inside, which is bubbling good or bad, we don't think leaks out. And I don't know about you, Alistair, but it usually leaks out. 
and, which creates confusion and, and frustration and um, impatience, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think for me, uh, this is obviously something that you talk about a lot more than I ever have. And it's really not a topic before I met you, we started discussing doing this project that I gave a lot of thought to. But since uh, listening to you talk, and you've been fairly vulnerable about how you approach things sometimes and how sometimes that's an issue, I think my issue is probably going the other way where, um, you know, I'll go into a meeting and it looks like I have my serious face on, right? Like, you know, and they're going, oh, Alistair's not interested in this. He just looks, you know, ticked off or whatever. And and to me, it, it's just that I go in with a, maybe a lower level of energy and I'm listening. I'm happy to be there, but not always do people recognize that. And it, the people that know me really well uh, know what I'm like, but I think, you know, I probably in the past should have been more aware how I'm coming into a situation, like what's my energy level appear to be. And sometimes I just come in and sit down because, uh, Greg, this isn't a big surprise to you, but I don't like meetings. <laughs> Not a big surprise. Okay. I, I like good meetings that are short and I prefer, you know, the hallway meetings, the foyer meetings, those types of things, coffee meetings. But uh, I think if I look back, uh, especially people that don't know me, um, I, I either crack a joke or I have my serious face on. And I think it's not always apparent how I'm coming in. And that's probably not been that helpful in the past in a series of meetings that I've probably been in. I think that's interesting because energy or, or what we think is energy or lack of energy, um, does, does sometimes, um, be accelerated or diminished based upon our physical appearance. So it is interesting that, you know, we can, we, we might be really excited about something, but if, if our tendency happens to be the more serious or some people, even if they're, I had a boss once who, uh, um, when he would get excited about something, he would actually look away from me and, and just get a really kind of, uh, not, a, not an angry look on his face, but almost like a confused look on his face. And, and I felt the energy slipping out of the room until he we had this great conversation and i was honest and i said hey you know i'm i'm when i do this this is what i see and i'm this is how i feel and he said whoa, whoa, whoa no no i'm actually really engaged my energy is flying but i'm now spinning around all kinds of opportunities that so sometimes that physical approach like you said can uh, can be um um deceiving I agree 100%, which is why I think it's so important uh, as we go through, especially on the manager side of things, how important it is to be self-aware of, mm -hmm. of uh, how you appear on uh, how you feel and all those things. This is, it's, this has been an interesting topic because you've kind of introduced it to me throughout the recording of this podcast because I'd never heard that word in talking about management before. So I think this is going to be cool. This is going to be a good discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find it very informative. Mm -hmm. So let's get down to some common sense things to help deal with this situation. So the first one, make sure you are clear about your energy going into a situation. Yeah, this is a big one. And, you know, I talk about the energy explorer exercise. Uh, there are different people that have had different um, exercise or techniques that really help folks understand how they respond to various situations. So the energy exercise is simply having a pad of paper or on your phone and capturing the spikes in your 
personal energy. Physically, where do you feel it? Emotionally, where do you feel it? Uh, even mentally, what do you think about and that type of thing? And actually capture when things are up, when things are down, and what's happening in those scenarios. And do a little bit of tracking to understand because being clear about your energy going into the situation um, really uh, only can result if you have a deeper understanding of how energy works within you and, and what spikes you up and what spikes you down. And then how do you show up in those situations? So it's a little bit of a, you know, that research piece, but, uh, but once you do that, then that's really helpful in helping you be more clear as I'm entering into a situation. And, you know, we talked last week about the pause and about the importance of uh, crafting five minutes before you go into any situation or, or uh, that is, that's fantastic to be able to do that and ask that question, how am I feeling? What's my energy like? Is it up? Is it down? Is it, and, and how will that impact this situation? Great, simple questions to ask to make sure you're clear before you enter in the situation. And what's important about that idea is everybody's monitoring you anyway. So when you come into a meeting, especially if you're the boss, and if there's a big uh, difference in levels and stuff like that, people are going to feed off you 100%. They're, they're, especially if they don't know you and they haven't worked with you often, they're, they're looking for a sense of how you're coming into the meeting. So a good idea if you know how you're coming into the meeting. Mm -hmm. I agree. And uh, depending on what your ener energy situation is, um, how are you helping out in any situation? Or perhaps you aren't. Mm -hmm. I agree. And be in the moment when people approach you with ideas and issues. Maybe you are, maybe your energy is all screwed up. Maybe you know, you're angry about something or uh, upset, whatever it is. But when you're the people, especially the people that report to you on a regular basis, when they come in, it's so important for us to get into that moment and, and deal with that situation, deal with that person and whatever the issue or discussion is about. Yeah, you know, one thing that's bubbling up that kind of combines the last three, which is the other side of it, and definitely is a part of being in the moment, is uh, being curious about and understanding the energy of others. Because if you're thinking about that and thinking about uh, what's going in in their space, what's happening around this person who's coming into my office, or even that it's come into my office, that, you know, you sometimes, you know, you feel it when they come in. If they're hyped, either excited or, or peeved off or whatever, when they do come in your office, it's like a, a, a heavy storm sometimes the energy you actually feel it sometimes so how do you pause in the moment to your point and really say hmm what do i think is behind this what's creating this energy do i think what are the questions that i need to ask to better understand uh, because energy is softened or 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 gets clearer by through great questions and you only do that as a manager when you're present with the people who are coming to see you. And my next point, actually, I think sums all that up. It's uh, making space for people, mm. a good space for people to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Do they feel that this is a place that they can bring their full self? Because, you know, the other things that we talked about this on a couple other podcasts is that, uh, you know, sometimes there are those toxic positivity uh, cultures where no one wants to bring anything in. And so 
part of energy uh, management is creating a space where people can come in wherever they are and then being skillful about uh, calming the energy down enough to get clarity around what are the issues, opportunities, ideas, and then and then challenge, channeling that energy to something good. That's a gift and it takes a while to, to build as a manager. Yeah, that's cool. And, and the fifth point is uh, talking to another manager, a mentor, maybe even a coach, uh, and to get kind of the buddy uh, conversation around this subject, maybe this is something you need to talk to somebody else. Like, how am I coming across? Uh, are there things I need to work on? Do you see any deficits or are there some tools perhaps to uh, make this a better situation? And I love the idea, you know, we've, we've already talked about going inside and, and trying to figure out how you feel and how that's affecting things. It's also nice to have a, a really good conversation with somebody that will listen to what you're talking about, but more importantly, give some really good, honest feedback on, on how you're approaching situations and how you're dealing with the, the energy that you bring or don't bring into the room. Yeah. You know what? I think this is a natural next step and it doesn't have to be after it can be aligned to it or consistent with it is, is actually reflecting and understanding what I'm discovering, but then having an honest, open conversation with a mentor or a, a trusted inner circle person to be able to say, Hey, here's what I'm beginning to discover of myself. Um, what do you see that I don't see? Um, and actually inviting that input, what do you see that I don't see invites them to say, well, Alistair, you know, sometimes when you come in, you have a really serious look on your face and, and it makes people feel as if you're, uh, not that open to, uh, the discussion. Um, uh, you know, or in my case, Greg, you think you're knocking it out of the park, but half the people are spinning out of control, you know, and I've had that great feedback, but you have to be open to either that mentor, even better, if you can open it to your team and say, Hey, here's what I'm discovering. Here's what I'm trying to do more of, you know, help me. Yeah. I think about me and I think it's a serious face, but it's also cracking the joke. People go, Oh, he's not going to take it seriously. Where? Ah. Well, well, quite frankly, I am yeah. taking it very seriously because I don't think I've ever gone into a meeting where I haven't already figured out what I want at the end of the day and what's going to make me happy and how it's going to kind of play out. So, yeah, I know, I think, you know, I've had the benefit of uh, uh, you as my coach, whether I've wanted it or not for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, this podcast is almost a coaching session, probably both ways. And uh, I, I, I think it's a really good thing. If you told me, you know, six, seven years ago, I need a coach, I would have kind of laughed, but the coaching experience has been beneficial. And, and just so people know that, you know, you and I go back and forth. Like I have no problems uh, talking to you about something. You don't have any problems talking to me about something. We've had a pretty healthy dialogue about a lot of uh, things and, and you were quite uh, helpful when I went through transitions. So uh, this is something, you know, if, if somebody was thinking about, getting a coach and they're on the fence, like, just let me push you off right now and just do it. If you're thinking about it, then you probably would benefit from it. Or I've always had other managers kind of my level in the organizations that I've worked. And I've always had the benefit of their experience and them suggesting things and us having conversations. And quite frankly, that's what this podcast is about. And for those of you that are out there that are managers that have nobody else to talk to or to bounce things off of, or 
to support one another and have really good conversations. I feel really bad for you, but that's exactly what you need. Being a manager can be a very isolating experience. And I don't think I would have ever been a manager if that's what I had to deal with. I've been very, very fortunate and I know it. I've always had other managers around me that can bounce things off of. And then, you know, I've had a relationship with you, Greg, and your sisters come in uh, a couple of times to help me out with some stuff as well. So, you know, my, my kind of pitch out to anybody is make sure you have a buddy or if you, oh, I might need a coach. Well, I'm going to push you off the fence right now and say, if you're even thinking about it, you should probably uh, figure out how to get one. Yeah. You know, well, I, you know, I am a coach, but as we've talked about, I've had a coach for 20 years. Um, on and off, just more when I need it, uh, sometimes less when I didn't, but always having that trusted uh, advisor, that person who I could really say anything to, who that person who wasn't afraid to, to call me out when I needed to be called out in a proactive, um, moving forward way. So, uh, so important. I would echo your, your thoughts. I was going to say, are you going to put out a commercial or not? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. We're good. We're good. No, no, we're good. <laughs> and as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. Make sure you're clear about your energy going into a situation. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a, a phrase that I use that uh, everything happens in between that energy in between. That's where everything happens. And so equally as an employee, how am I showing up? What, what, what do I react to? How do I need to understand and channel my energy more effectively? That's cool. And the next uh, point uh, comes up quite often when we're having one of these podcast discussions is know your boss. It's, there's nothing better than having a kind of a longer relationship with them. And you've seen the ups and downs and the flows and, and you understand who it is that's walking in the door that day. Mm-hmm. So helpful too. I mean, you know, as you said, the management role can be so tough. And, uh, and so to having that openness and support, that's, that's, uh, that's so helpful. And make space for your boss. Um, sometimes people have a bad day. Sometimes maybe they've been chewed out by their boss, but just like a, a manager should make space for their employees. There might be times when you need to make space for your boss as well. Yeah, we talked about this idea of being present, right? And being, and part of that is, is understanding the energy of others. And so if, if you happen to walk in and sense your boss is low or frustrated, um, uh, check in, ask a question. Because uh, often we don't have anybody to say anything to, and, and that might be the right thing just to, and just noticing, I think, is, is a really positive. You know, we all want to be seen, and that includes managers, that includes presidents, that includes everybody. We want to be seen and heard. And so there's an opportunity to make space for those around you, including your boss. And that making space might be, uh, listen, Greg, I can see you got a lot going on. What I wanted to talk to you about isn't that major. How about I look for 15 minutes tomorrow on your schedule and we can yeah. just discuss that so you can deal with your, what you have to deal with today. Mm -hmm. And if your boss jumps in heavy into a meeting or conversation, then acknowledge the point and continue on and, and, and try to stabilize what's going on because sometimes people, um, you don't know what's going on and, you know, maybe they have another big meeting afterwards. But if you're in charge of the meeting or it's your discussion, then it, it's so important to acknowledge whatever they said, not to ignore them. 
but then take control of the meeting and uh, just try to continue on and, and hit all the points that you need to hit in that meeting. Yeah, I love this one because, you know, sometimes it's, it's actually just acknowledging the energy that is really important saying, you know, hey, Alistair, boy, I can see you are really uh, excited about this idea or you are really um, frustrated with what happened um, and, and just and then dive a little bit deeper. You know, so tell me, you know, what actually happened that created that frustration or what, 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 do, what do you suggest or thoughts that are bubbling up for you on how we might have avoided that we might avoid this in the future, you know, whatever that question is, but acknowledging the energy and the emotions of what's feeling, there's something again about that just kind of slows things down a bit enough to get to a clear pathway forward. I really like that. And when you have the opportunity to speak about your work relationship with your boss, jump in if you feel comfortable. Yeah, throughout all the podcasts, we talked about uh, the trust equation, right? And the trust equation, just quickly for those that haven't heard it, is uh, credibility plus reliability plus intimacy slash relationship over self-orientation. And so credibility is, you know, that uh, they trust and know that you got what you got, the information. Reliability is doing what you say you're going to do. But intimacy is that deepening that relationship. And Alistair, you have, this is a big one for you, of the power of deepening understanding of each other, building relationship. And so when you have those opportunities, that's so, so important because the intimacy relationship piece of that equation is the thing that is most, um, uh, um, has gaps usually and, and most impacts trust. It's funny. Anytime, uh, with any of my bosses over like say the last 20, 25 years, uh, kind of when I jumped into the supervisory or management ranks, when you're talking to your boss, they're really surprised when you have a discussion about how things are going between the two of you and stuff like that. It's pretty funny because not a lot of people expect it, but there is a benefit to it. And once you get over that initial shock that we're going to be talking about, like, you know, are we meeting enough? Like, are you getting enough information from me? Blah, blah, blah. And you start talking about all this stuff. And you just take it to the level that they don't feel extremely uncomfortable about. But uh, the surprise look on a few people when I say, listen, uh, this isn't working for me. I need to, I need to talk to you on Thursdays, not on Tuesdays, because just the way the work flows. And I, I feel that we have a better conversation when I come in on a Thursday versus a Tuesday, whatever the conversation is. It's pretty funny that uh, a lot of managers might not have this type of relationship with mm -hmm. their subordinates and they don't have it with their bosses. But, um, you know, if you go in there and say, listen, uh, I just find our, our meetings, you know, it's not a good day for me. Uh, and I, I feel that you're tied up and I don't have the right information and it's just not working. And so could we pick another day for us to have our regular meeting where we sit down and talk about stuff? And I, I it's pretty funny, a few people, you know, that I've had this type of conversation with, because to me, it's just very practical. Like this isn't working and I need it to work. Uh, I want the confidence that you understand what I'm, what I'm doing. And I'd like some feedback that we're doing the right thing. And, and uh, uh, it's pretty funny to see a look on people's faces, but once they get into it and they realize that this is a relationship, you know, it isn't just about widgets or whatever you're doing, that it's about how we work together to get it done and, and how, um, like, I know I, I need a certain level of supervision. Uh, I need somebody, some accountability, and that's just where I feel comfortable. I don't like the vacuum. Some people might, 
and I don't like to be micromanaged at the same time, but I do like to have a certain level of accountability in something when I'm doing it. And uh, it's a pretty interesting conversation the first time. Yeah, and you know, there is something so powerful about um, calling it, you know, to, to being able to say, hey, you know what, um, I'd like to make a suggestion. I'm sensing, you know, we're just not connecting on this, this conversation or there's just something in the way right now. Um, I feel distracted. I feel this. I'm not sure how you feel, but, you know, maybe we should uh, take it offline and come back. What do you think? Um, and cause he can spend so much time spinning around in, 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 uh, um, situations and conversations that don't make sense. So, uh, how do you be brave and say what you think, um, declare the, your perspective and still allow space for the other person to engage in that, to maybe pause or move on? I just think it's a great way to deal with the energy, you know, whether it's flat or it's too much just working it in uh, the situation a way to where you have a good relationship and it doesn't become as much a factor. Yeah. You know, Alistair, something's bubbling up that uh, is how do you deal with, or what experience have you had in the situations where, you know, there is that energy, like overwhelming energy you're experiencing. How do you create the pause in the middle of those energies? So, uh, you know, you just shared one, but are there any, any other things that you've done that have been helpful to create uh, space in the midst of those storms that are happening around you, whether it's your boss or, or you're an employee or whatever, how do you, how do you create the space when the energy is high? Well, I don't know in the moment how you do that other than you, you know, kind of work through it, acknowledge it and try to get the meeting back. Uh, this is how I deal with people that have high energy or have other, you know, um, maybe they're, they, they have a short attention span. Uh, it's called the sneak attack. It's a drive-by. It's you, you pick your moment, uh, rather than sit there and have to deal with a lot of energy or no energy. And as you learn, uh, your boss, their personality, how they do things, cause there's a reason why they're there. They've got some skills, they have some knowledge. So to me, I, I just use the sneak attack. I just, I do a drive-by, I walk by and I say, Hey, listen, do you have two minutes? And I make sure that we're talking about one thing, you know, this is a planned meeting. It might only be two or three minutes, but you know what you want in this meeting. You know what you have to say. Hopefully you have socialized them to a certain extent to what you're doing and what you want done. And that's how I deal with these situations. Some of the people that we report to are so busy. Their calendars are disgusting. And the amount of material that they have to read, I'll tell you right now, I find by doing the sneak attack or the drive-by, whatever you feel comfortable calling it, it's the same thing that eventually people look forward to their interactions with you because it's short to the point and uh you've given them enough um uh, material ahead of time that it's it's just a great conversation because a lot of these people get stuck in meetings for hours with no resolution at the end of it and just more problems the higher you get up you're dealing with different types of issues you know overarching uh programs and stuff so this is how i, I deal with people who have a, a bunch of different uh kind of ways of of that they act out or just the way that they do business, whether it's high energy or no energy. And I find the sneak attacks. I had a guy that I worked for years and years and years ago, and there's no sense having a conversation. We're on totally different levels. I don't get the guy. He never got me. I would basically write a one page memo and I just put it on his desk and walk away and he would come in, read it. And we, it was done. We never talked about it. It, it was just a, 
it was actually a very healthy relationship. We just didn't talk. It just wasn't worth it because we were such different people. There was like five generations between the two of us. And uh, that's just how it worked for us. I would just leave a, a short memo to the point about what happened. And we didn't have to talk about it ever again. And it might sound to people on the outside that that's a terrible relationship, but it wasn't. It wasn't a terrible relationship. It was a really good relationship because he trusted me. And when I gave him something, he took it to the bank. So uh, I think the sneak attack is probably, um, and, and the reason why I say that, I'll be quite open, is they've got so much crap going on in their lives, senior leaders. And if you come in and for three minutes, something can get accomplished and you're articulate and you uh, are right and you've done your work, they're going to be really thankful for that. So that when you come the next time and the time after that, and then if they don't have to suffer through some 60 minute meeting uh, where they're getting too much information, that's just the way I deal with these situations. And it's just not the high energy or the low energy people that, you know, we have bosses that have uh, short attention spans that uh, are getting aggravated all day by various problems that don't seem to go away. And they love it when you can, you know, approach and deal with a problem very, very quickly. Yeah, I think it goes back to uh, one of your earlier points is know your boss and really understand what they need. And you're right, most senior leaders have such jam-packed schedules. Um, uh, be really crisp and clear of, of what you want, what you need, you know, uh, and how they're they can support it. And, and that's a really powerful way of approaching. Now, there are some managers or leaders who need more information, but if you know that they need more information, then to your point, with those ones, you might give a three-page summary and leave it on their desk and say, can we grab 10 minutes tomorrow? Because they need the time to digest it, to put some thoughts around. So knowing folks, and then there are folks, to your point, that are just, you know, uh, they're off the top of their heads kind of thing. It's just, hey, here's the three things I've discovered. Here's what it's made me think about. And here's the recommendation I'd like to do. What do you think? What have I missed? And you can have a really meaningful, fast uh, verbal dialogue and move something forward. Uh, so just understanding who they are and how they how you best approach them is such a powerful way of managing their energy. And just the last thing is by knowing them, you know, some people have a lot more energy in the morning. Some people have a lot more energy in the afternoon. So also knowing, you know, knowing the person, if they, if, if your boss shows up and he's got the gallon coffee in the morning, every morning, you probably know that, uh, you know, he or she's not going to be ready. They're, they're not going to be ready for until 10 o'clock or, you know, but know the rhythms of the folks you work with. And one thing I enjoy doing just, and I think you probably enjoy doing this too, because you're a bit of a storyteller as well, Greg, is, you know, dealing with your boss on a transactional basis is a little flat. And so I go in, say you're my boss, Greg, and I give you the two-minute spiel. And of course, you agree with me because I've given you basically no other choice to but to agree with me if I've worked it out properly. And it is the right thing to do. But also, when things work out, you know, drop, you know, catch them in a kind of a more informal time. You know, you bump into them in the elevator and you tell the story. Because everything we do, I don't know about you, Greg, but I've worked in some incredible places and the stories are incredible. And I like to storytell a little bit. I know you find this hard to believe, but this is exactly it. So if, if something funny comes as a result of it, you know, bump into me and say, hey, Greg, you know that thing, that presentation you asked me to do, just to let you know, this is what happened. It was hilarious or it was scary, whatever it was, but it worked out well. But just to let you know, these, this is a, 
a couple of humorous things came out of it and the, the question came out and you go, oh, and, and so I give you a little story, a little narrative around that afterwards. And so that's part of that initial conversation as well. It's part of your relationship, especially if you come back and you tell the stories, whether they're scary or funny or whatever they are, informative, it, it's, the, it's like the closing of the loop in this issue. And I, I learned this from a couple old coppers uh, in the squads. And uh, I watched how they did this with the bosses saying, yeah, listen, you guys gave us, you know, the funds or the things to do this thing. And afterwards, just let you know, it all worked out. But there's a little bit of humor in this. And do you want the good news or the bad news first? And uh, yes, the car got crashed. But, you know, we got, you know, million dollars worth of drugs and, and everybody's okay and all this stuff. And you tell them the story, that narrative. And it really does close the loop in the conversation. When they say yes, I don't think that's the end of the conversation. I think the end of the conversation is we come back and you give a little bit of feedback and you give a little bit of a story. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so, well, I'm, I'm with you. Stories are powerful uh, um, uh, deepeners or accelerators or just uh, certainly relationship builders. And you want to have a relationship with these people, right? You spend a lot of time with them. You, you talk and deal with a bunch of serious things with people. And I don't know about you, Greg, but I don't want to go to work and not have a relationship with the people I work with, whether it's the people that work for me, uh, the people my level or the people that I report to, I want to have a certain level of relationship, which is code for trust mm -hmm. and be able to have a conversation. And if I don't have that in a place, then I'm not really interested in working in that place. No, I agree. I agree. And more and more studies are saying that this is an important aspect. Um, of what people are looking for is that relationship, that connectivity. I heard a, uh, a scary uh, fact today that 52% of employees are looking to jump ship. Um, and part of that is because of the lack of trust and, and relationship. 52% looking to jump ship. Look out, man. Uh, hopefully you're one of those organizations that does have does put relationship uh, as an important aspect, does put caring as an important aspect, but whew, that's, that's crazy. That could be disastrous for some firms. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And organizations. I agree. Yeah. Like all, all the, it, to me, you know, people go, Oh, so-and-so's leaving all oh, that. No. Oh, well. So, no, no, no. We're losing corporate knowledge. That person knows how to do something that people, that person knows people. And, and, you know, this isn't just, you know, ones and zeros, right? This is yeah. people. Yeah. And everything that they bring to the table. And even if you don't get along with somebody, if they can do something and they have, you know, people that they, you know, can, that they know to get things done, that's where we lose. Like, it, you know, oh, we'll just put somebody else in front of that computer. No, no I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. Yeah, it's yeah, not the yeah. way it works. I agree. So the last point I kind of, um, uh, kind of loaded it into the program um, at the last minute, but what are we going to say about bad energy, Greg? I mean, uh, there are situations out there and where the energy is just, it's bad, it's toxic. And I think we've come to this conclusion on a couple podcasts recently where we've actually talked about it, but I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about bad energy. Yeah, boy, oh boy, there are lots of organizations who experience this. Um, and uh, I don't know, I've, I've been in organizations that have had a senior leader that's created bad energy and uh, i've actually tried to save you know been that kind of almost like uh, keeping people's heads above water in a bad energy environment 
Um, I have a good friend who just left an organization because of really bad energy. And we talked about it and we said, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is get out. Um, and, uh, you know, we always encourage to try and make it work, to try and be brave and bring your thoughts forward. But sometimes it's just not worth it. And um, more and more organizations are doing better work around um, looking at safe spaces, psychologically safe spaces. But I am still shocked how many organizations continue to allow really bad behavior that creates negative energy because maybe they can deliver results, but long-term it destroys organizations. So I would say one is uh, always have that inner circle outside of work that is a good sounding board to keep a safe space where you can kind of come and talk to and work through. And then if you don't see a pathway forward, get out. There's lots of great places out there with a lot better energy um, that you can find with the support of your community and friends. Yeah, I'd rather work for a much less talented uh, boss who has good energy than work for the the person, the man or woman that has all the answers and it's a terrible situation. One of the things, uh, as you were talking, it just kind of came to me is, I don't know if you've been this person, Greg, but I have been this person as an employee and as a manager being the deflector screen where you're protecting the people below you from that negative energy. And uh, from my experience, my careers, I have had so many good situations, but I have had a number of negative situations where I'm the, the deflector mm -hmm. for the people that work for me from the people above. Mm -hmm. And it's a very tiring position to be in when you're, you know, kind of taking the shots uh, or deflecting all this negative energy and keeping it away from the people that do the work. And I don't know if you've been in that situation. I have been a couple of times. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been blessed, um, you know, with 98% of the time that I've been working as an adult, that I've been in some pretty good working uh, situations. But there have been some situations where I have had to be that kind of deflector screen. Me too. And, you know, those organizations slowly disintegrate if they don't make the move on those individuals because usually everybody knows about it um and and organizations continue to keep them in the organization best thing best thing is to get rid of them uh you know you i definitely agree with calling it out holding them accountable saying this has to change because everybody can change mostly unless they're unless it's a deeper um psychological issue most people have the choice and ability to change. Won't be easy, but they do. But unless you hold them accountable, they'll never change. And so, uh, um, but I have been in those roles and it, you're right, it's exhausting. And hopefully you can add a couple more points to this, but there's signs of this situation. Uh, quite often the employees aren't aware of what's going on above them. Uh, they might have an inkling, but they don't really understand it. So here are some signs from my, you know, couple experiences that I found very difficult that would uh, view that there's something going on. One, less work's being done. Less good work is being done. And people, there's an attrition. People are leaving and it's the good people leaving. Mm -hmm. And the last one would be, you have a harder time getting people to join the team because people know word spreads fast, you know, 
even Glassdoor, which I know has its problems uh, with regards to some of the biases on it, but it definitely tells you themes, you know, even if it's not specific. Um, and so, and there is a, uh, there is a grapevine out there that clearly identifies where you want to work and where you don't want to work. So you're right. Attrition and, and a tough time refilling and getting people. And just so people understand some of the things to, to look for, especially when you're fairly new in an organization and we're talking about good energy here is uh, a really good boss. When they come in, they have people that come in with them, people that follow them around. Uh, there's conversations in the hallway, good ones. There's a buzz in the place. Work's getting done. People are, are uh, welcoming responsibilities to get things done. I think we've all worked in really good environments where there's a good energy. And I just said a few points and Greg, you might have some more, but it's pretty apparent when there's a good situation at hand. Yeah. You sense it. You just sense it. The, the energy level is higher. There's a, there's a collaborative uh, nature and feel to it. Um, you feel seen, you feel heard and you feel cared about. And those are, those are all emotional things that, um, however, they can be supported through practical things like you arrive and your stuff's there on your desk. You have a buddy at the beginning, right? All these little things, uh, are thoughtful steps that say, this is a good energy place. And this is a place that cares. I agree. Well, I'm glad we brought it up then. There's there some really good points there. That was good. I, I was... You know, all of a sudden I went at the last minute, do we want to talk about this? Well, I think for some integrity to what we're doing here, I, I think we had to talk about it. And there was a really a lot of good points there. And I like that we kind of ended on the, on the good side. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So Greg, do you have anything for wrap up? No, it's just, just the, the, the high level that we've already talked about is it's about knowing your energy and just understanding how you react to stuff good positive and that and and what how that reacts and and how you can better manage the energy that you hit because it's all about responding to stuff that normally creates more energy both good and bad so the the sooner you understand how you take stuff in and how you react out uh, and what you could do differently and creating those little gaps those pauses to be able to make different choices of how you use it, that's most important. And then secondly, is knowing those that you work with um, and really and understanding what they might be going through, what they're currently experiencing and what's maybe behind some of the stuff, how they're responding is powerful. That idea of being curious is so important when understanding and responding to uh, energy. Yeah, I think this is just another one of those topics, Greg, where um, relationship to me just underscores all this stuff, you know, knowing somebody, having a good relationship. You know, it doesn't mean that you're the best of friends, but just to be able to understand somebody and appreciate them and know how to talk to them and understand where they're coming from when they talk to you. This is just one, another one of those episodes that underscores how important it is to develop a healthy relationship, whatever it is. And it could be, you know, the one relationship I described where it was just memos because it just worked, it just worked better. Right. And uh, it may sound like it was unhealthy, but it wasn't. 
And I, I just think that underscores all those things. This has been a, a really good talk. I, I wasn't sure how it would go on. Uh, you and I talked about it a fair bit. We did some development, but uh, I'm glad we've taken this journey today, my friend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's an important one. So uh, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that we you didn't find anything we said offensive or made you really angry. Uh, but Greg, I think we've got to do your philosophy once again. Yeah, you know what? I uh, share this at the end of our podcast, of each podcast, which is really an experience that I had uh, with my first coach. And I continue to try and create this space for my coaches as well. And that is uh, creating a space where there's both joy and churn. Um, uh, uh, happiness and peeve. Uh, and, and basically the concept is that the best coaching, um, that occurs, the best experiences that we have are ones that again, our emotions are, are tapped into that energy is tapped into. And some energy is joyful energy to say, Oh, you know what, what they said, I've been doing that. I have tried that and it has made a difference. I feel good about that. But the other side is when you hear something, you think, Oh man, I didn't do that. Or boy, I should have done that. All those things are still good because that churn turned to positive action is going to make an impact in growth. So uh, we hope in all of these sessions that we create a little bit of joy, create a little bit of churn and create a lot of ideas and knowledge to help you move forward in your situation. And we also encourage people to have a conversation. Right. We want managers to reach out to other managers and have a little group going and have a good discussion, uh, seek out a mentor. Uh, it's all about those relationships too. It's, I think it's the only way to deal with these management issues. I agree. I agree. So remember people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>